Hey, what's up? We're officially live. Hopefully everybody can hear me. Um, actually, it looks like uh, audio is not going through. Let's see. I'll wait for chat to give me the, uh, the what's up. Make sure everybody can hear me. Can everybody hear me? <laughs> All right. Um, Cyber Smiley, say something. Let's check the audio with, uh, with everybody watching. Hey, guys. Nice. I, oh, I can How's everyone that. doing? Yeah. Sorry for that little stumble in the in the start of the stream, everybody. But I, we have been having some issues with OBS and Twitch and stuff. Some of the audio wasn't coming through before, and I had to kind of reset things. So I wanted to check before I fully started running my mouth. <laughs> but apparently, you can hear me. So here I go. This is Cyberpunk Uncensored. This is the official deep dive on solos. Uh, it's a com I do a complete series of deep dives with different guests and friends joining me. And, uh, and yeah, we, we basically deep dive each role. We talk about all kinds of stuff. We, we don't get into the crunch. You know, if anybody wants to learn about the crunch and how solos work and all that good stuff, you know, be sure to check out, uh, you know, the crash course tutorials I have. I get into, you know, the rollability and all that good stuff. Uh, this series, the deep dive, it's more about, you know, we're going to discuss the life path, archetypes, recommended stats and skills. We'll take questions uh, from chat, things like that. It's a lot more fun. A lot more, uh, you know, about the style. It's a lot more stylized, I guess you could say. Um, yeah, before we get into it, I want to introduce my guest. I have, a, I have a, a guest with me that's also a friend. I'm a fan. Uh, Cyber Smiley, a lot of you probably recognize him from online for a long time. He's been uh, part of the community even before people were streaming and getting out there with it. He was already putting shit out and helping the community before it was a thing, I guess you could say. Uh, and now I'm lucky enough to have him as part of the Cyberpunk Uncensored team. Uh, him and Derek of Data Fortress, they do the, the uh, Tales of the Forlorn Dopes. If you haven't seen that series, check that out. Um, but yeah, Will, why don't you uh, just tell people about yourself, a little bit of background, your website, all that good shit, you know, where people can find you. Sure. I'm uh, Will, a.k.a. Cybersmiley. Um, I created a site called Cybersmiley's Data Fort. You can find that on cybersmiley.net. Uh, that site I've kept for quite a while. It started off as like uh, an area to display some of the house rules for cyberpunk back in uh 20 back when we were playing 2020 um and then it just evolved as my skills evolved to start creating uh applications and like little utilities to help with games and running your game like so there's character sheets there's combat tracker net running stuff um whatever little rules there might be in those books i kind of tried to convert it into some type of utility that can be used, uh, as well as getting some lookup data there. So you can go there, look up for uh, cyberware, uh, all the 2020 stuff. Uh, I'm going to be working on the red stuff, hopefully, uh, in the near future, especially when uh, Black Chrome comes out, but always working on little bits. And you've already been helping red. I know you did the, you know, like the net... Uh the system generator, things like that, you know? Um, yep. But I'm excited to see you dive more into it and, and provide more of those great tools and, and resources. 
Um, that being said, I uh, just want to give a little plug for CyberpunkUncensored.com. We have a bunch of free resources there and links uh, to all the different things that I have going on, a bunch of live streams, things like that. The main thing is please give a follow and a subscribe and all that good stuff on Twitch and on YouTube. Cyberpunk Uncensored is on both Twitch and YouTube. Whether you're seeing this live stream or you're watching the VOD on YouTube, shoot over to Twitch or YouTube give a sub, give a follow, all that good stuff. I would really appreciate that. Um, we also have uh, active Discord, where a lot of people network, hook up, GMs, players, lots of gameplays, so check that out um, and get into some gameplay. I wanna give a shout out before we get going uh, to my main Patreon supporters. I have a lot of supporters there with all kinds. Hey, thanks, Chuggy, for uh, the sub there, man, and gifting out five of them. Thanks so much, man, I really, I really appreciate that. Um, and everybody should check Chuggy out. He does a lot of stream stuff, too. Um, and I know we've shared it in, on the Discord. Um, yeah, I have a, a bunch of cool things on Patreon. One thing in particular is shout-outs to some of the supporters, and I want to take the time to do that. William Huddleston and Naomi Madlast, they're playing in my monthly gameplay. This Wednesday is our session two of that, also with uh, Wandering DM, a bunch of friends and stuff. You should tune in and check that out. Um, Anino Gaming, uh, Leaded Coffee. Uh, Let It Coffee actually also uh, does the NPC uh, tier on Patreon. I, um, I'll be debuting an NPC that he created on uh, an upcoming stream, maybe this Wednesday. Uh, Michael Edmonds, who's also Kira in GM Reservoir Panda's game. Chris Anderson, Dola, Dolan Pondsmith, who's an artist. She's also a Pondsmith. Check her out. She's got her own uh, channel in our Discord where we showcase her art. So check that out. Steve Barr from Sirenscape. Sirenscape is an official sponsor here at Cyberpunk Uncensored. I'm gonna get some sounds going on that here in just a moment when we start the official deep dive on the solo. Matt James, who's also GM Reservoir Panda, shout out to him. Uh, he streams with us every uh, Friday and Sunday and Cyber Smiley, you play with, with his stream on Fridays, right? Sundays. Or Sundays, I had it wrong. <laughs> awesome. The Chumbas. Exactly, the Chumbas series. That's on uh, season two, so everyone join that, check that out. Um, Revolver Gray, Samurai Mac. Jorge and uh, Zach, who's also Capricious Nature here in the chat, who helps out the, the Scream Sheet project. He helps me with all kinds of stuff on the Cyberpunk and Sensor Discord and in the, in the community. He created the Vehicles of Red supplement that you can see on our site, uh, which everyone should check that out. Plus, he's going to be starting a stream uh, starting here in July. He's starting a Nomad-themed campaign with us. It'll be a weekly stream on Saturdays, I believe. So check that out. Okay, enough jibba-jabba, enough promos and all that good stuff. Let's get into the solo deep dive. I'm going to start um, some Sirenscape sounds. I'm just going to dive into their Forlorn Hope sound set and just get right into Trouble on the Dance Floor with some firearms. Um, so apparently you're in the club, you're hanging out at the bar, and there's just trouble on the dance floor. Just people are, are starting to fight. You can hear things kind of getting going. Um, yeah, and anybody watching the uh, the live stream, if any of the sound effects start overwhelming the stream, just let me know. I can lower the sounds. Otherwise, I just love that shit going on while we chat. Um, yeah, so anybody that wants to follow along, uh, hit up page 56 of the Cyberpunk Red rulebook. That's where we're going to start. As everybody knows, Cyberpunk Red has an amazing life path system. Uh, you know, you basically roll all your background stuff and, and it, it explains kind of where you're coming from, what you're about, all that stuff. But Red uh, has specific role life paths that you can get into, and it's so exciting. And that's what that's what kind of sparked my idea of doing this deep dive series. Um, 
And yeah, let's start there. Let's start with the, the solo life path. So after you do the general life path, you're going to follow this solo life path. And Cyber Smiley, if you want to kind of take us through that, um, yeah, let's go sure. for it. Um, so with the life path, right, you, you roll to determine uh, what general solo you are. So there's, you know, a bunch of different or categories. And I don't know. Rob can correct me or if not how much I can actually say about uh, the tables um, when it comes oh, no, we... to the whole broom. What, with like, the what? Well, I just wasn't sure about like the homebrew stuff, whether we can say what what the values are within the tables. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, okay. we can we can read the tables from the yep. rule book direct. And then if there's any homebrew, any things to add or ideas. Absolutely. Yeah, All right. So first off, you kind of roll for the type. Um, the types that they have listed are bodyguard, street muscle for hire, corporate enforcer, corporate or freelance black op, uh, agent, a local vigilante for hire, or an assassin hitman for hire. Um, so those are just basics, but I, I think you could also include several others, such as uh, a veteran um, <clears throat> from previous war or some, or you know, just getting out, getting, uh, you know, discharged. Uh, also, there was uh, bodyguard, or not bodyguard, <laughs> bounty hunter is also a role that could probably fit into a, a solo. Um, and the other thing, I think, not only um, could you be a corporate enforcer, but you also might be part of a nomad pack, um, being the muscle for a nomad pack. So there's a bunch of other options that I think you can expand the list of the types if you needed to. Um, Rob, do you think you have any uh, other different rules? Oh, that... Yeah, one of the things I was going to mention when we got into archetypes you just kind of tapped into was Bounty Hunter. I really liked the uh, uh, idea of that I was going to bring up kind of like Dog the Bounty Hunter almost has like a crazy cyberpunk you know, retro 80s futuristic vibe between his mullet and clothing and all that shit. Like he was, I was going to bring up that, but, uh, but I love that, that you've got more than just uh, bodyguard there. And, and again, anybody in chat, if you ever have ideas on this and expansions um, on any of these sections or things we talk about, please interject it in, put it out there. We have the chat as part of the stream. So we'd love your ideas as well. And another role that you could actually use is kind of a professional fighter, right? Um, whether it's MMA, a boxer, street fighting, you know, or, or some type of basically person who who's just combat oriented, right? And and it's more of a spectator, part of the spectator sport. Um, and again, with some of these roles, you can blend into other roles, right? To get a secondary role. So like a, a professional fighter might also take in some uh, rocker, uh, levels right to get like an audience and start getting a following um bodyguard or sorry body hunter you might want to go into you know lawman or even fixer to get some <clears throat> abilities to uh work on the streets you know um so there's a lot of fun stuff you can actually play with when it yeah. comes to the solo role yeah, a lot, lot of uh, multi-classing potential right there that you named i love that yeah uh, then <clears throat> what you get to roll is your moral compass, uh, which is uh, always working for good, trying to take out the bad guys, always spare the innocents, 
occasionally slips and do, does unethical or bad things, but it's rare. You're either ruthless and profit-oriented, or and you'll work for any money. Uh, willing to bend the rules and the laws to get a job done. And then there's just totally evil. You engage in illegal, unethical work all the time. You actually enjoy it. Um, some of these moral compasses, I don't know if would probably play into your empathy, especially for your starting empathy, right? So if you start off as kind of a less caring about people person, your empathy is probably going to be a little lower than the average. Um, so with this role, you could actually reflect how your empathy plays into it. Or it could be the amount of cyberware you've implanted, right? And this has kind of turned you into your moral compass um, because your, your humanity has just been eaten away by by the tech oh yeah no and that, um, that, that always seems like that that's the common too and, and i guess most promoted and like on a gm side like at, at no matter how players want to play and players no matter how they start off they tend to kind of let the game dictate their reactions sometimes and it almost develops the character as time goes I always think that like, um, cause like, you know, they might go into it like, I'm gonna be a good guy, I'm gonna do this. And then they realize quickly how the f dark dystopian future is. Like sometimes you have to break the law to help the good guy and shit like that, you know? So eventually you start finding all these, I don't know, moral gymnastics to go through and shit. And then you develop who you are. And I always think that that part of that is, uh, you know, your, your morals driven by the humanity loss, you know, the- yep your empathy being affected by cyberware and shit like that, and in red, by things you see and do. Let's not forget that, that your humanity loss can, can happen because you've seen some really fucked up stuff or you've been through some hard times that actually made you lose humanity. I think that's great. I mean, not great yep. to have to go through, but a great, uh, you know, function of, of the game, you know? Right. Um, yeah, and that's the one thing that helps you define your character, right? um and how you can play into it like so with the reservoir panda uh game you know i'm playing their solo and you know i rolled uh ruthless profit center right which kind of played into some a bit of his other uh life path right so one of his other parts of his life path is his girl got kidnapped right and there's a ransom so that kind of dri drove him into acquiring money and doing whatever is needed to get that money um also in the <clears throat> in his life path he also wants to get completely off the streets which again pushes him towards those money um and for me it's the character doesn't like what he's doing but he knows that this is the path that he has to choose to go through that oh yeah and it can bring up really interesting uh role-playing aspects uh with your moral compass and uh, how you play it with the GM, you know? Oh yeah. Um, as for the last one, the total evil, um, that can get into a little, get complicated, um, especially for a group, right? If, if oh, you're yeah. total evil, right? That means you're willing to not only screw over NPCs, but possibly the players. Um, and that can always lead to some 
not fun games for some people. Um, so you always yeah. want to make sure you balance that out when you roll that and talk with your referee to s discuss, hey, how do I play this out? Um, but again, you know, some evil people have, you know, principles, right? They don't screw friends over. They don't exactly do certain things um, just because it's part of their behavior. So it doesn't mean you're a total dick, but um, you need to think about how to play that out and how it's going to work with the group you're playing with. And that's just it, you know, I think if you if you're going to go that extreme, and I think it works both ways, you know, if you're going to be extremely good guy, always following the rules, you know, your moral compass is always on the right, you know, that sort of vibe, or you're totally evil, and not, no matter what it is, I think it, you have to discuss it with your GM if you're going to go that extreme with it, that far on either end of the spectrum, because like you said, it has to make sense to the team. You can't just yep. be that, you know, that guy that the team is always fighting with you. You're always trying to steal from them or, you know, kill them to get the upper hand. That, that'll that'll stop being fun immediately, <laughs> you know. Um, so I think if you find some way to make it work, like Cyber Smiley was saying about, uh, you know, maybe you, you don't screw over friends or family or you tie in life path, you have it make sense that the team isn't part of that, uh, you know, taking the evil brunt of your, your force, so to speak. Um, but I also think another alternative, and I've seen a lot of, I haven't done it uh, in teams I've run or whatever, but doing a whole team that kind of aligns like that. I've seen uh, some friends do that and it worked. Um, I've also see it, seen it on a stream before where like the whole team is evil or the whole team is, you know, outrageously good, you know, and like, and they make it work because all of them are aligned like that, so. Um, but yeah, you just got to be yep. flexible and think outside the box sometimes to make those things work. Otherwise, some of those extremes can, you know, make sense on paper, but not at the table. You know what I mean? Um, right. And if you do go, you know, I, I think evil players are, are definitely a, a tricky thing. Good, you can, aren't, you know, they, they can work. They work a little bit better in group dynamics, but evil characters can always have and cause a problem. Yeah. Um, but again, also remember that evil people will keep other people around to protect themselves, right? And, and use those people to, for, to further their own ends um, and have them around. So it's not going to be just, hey, I'm going to screw over everybody. So right you That's can true. definitely bring it in or bring certain dynamics to the group um even the players might not the rest of the players might not know you're evil it's just how you play it and also like rob says definitely work with your referee yeah and um and i wanted to mention too you know thanks captain mark for the follow earlier i did see your, your comment um solo plus rocker boy equals professional wrestler and i wanted to mention if anyone hasn't seen a nino uh, who plays jimenez in the um, wandering DM cyberpunk red gameplay. Um, he is just that. He's a professional wrestler and absolutely has that solo rocker boy vibe. He's, he's a rocker boy, but it absolutely feels like that multi-class when you see his skills and work um, in action, I should say. And he came over and did a, a, a appeared in one of our uh, games on the Cyberpunk Uncensored channel. It was a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, anybody else, uh, you know, feel free to interject ideas into the chat and we'll pull them in. But yeah, let's go on to the next section of this life path. Yeah, well, one thing, uh, Furious George 
Um, I don't know where the word solo came from. I don't know if it came from hand solo. I don't know the etymol or was it the etymology? I forget the exact word, but you know, the root of a word. Um, I know that back in the 80s, there was a movie called Solo with, um, who was that actor? I remember he was that. In, um, yeah, he was in um, New Jack City. Mario. Uh, Mario remember. Lopez. No, I'm kidding. Mar <laughs> no, it wasn't Mario Lopez. <laughs> it was, uh, man, what was his name? Uh, anyways. But yeah, so I, I don't know exactly where the term actually comes from. Um, it could come from Han Solo, because uh, that came out in the 70s. So it'd be interesting to look that up. Yeah. Uh, so moving along to who's gunning for you. So for Solo, you might have somebody hunting you down, such as a corporation you've angered, a booster gang uh, you may have tackled earlier, uh, corrupt lawmen or lawmen who mistaken mistakens you or, or mistakenly thinks you're guilty for something and for a solo it's probably true uh, <laughs> a rival solo from another corporation a fixer who sees you as a threat and a rival solo who sees you as their nemesis um, and again you can expand this in, into other things right so crime organization might be gunning after you solo uh if they were such as an assassin or street muscle they could have pissed off uh some organized crime syndicate oh, yeah. uh nomads right a nomad family could be gunning for them um yeah i was gonna and, say they kind of left out some uh good things you know there could be an in maybe not a, a corporation or something that's typically thought of as like negative but maybe there's an organization or something positive in a solo just inherently being a, a killer or hitman even if doing a job for good still has to kill people or do something bad maybe there's a good organization or you know a church or religious group or something that that is gun informed maybe there's a political party or some type of political ent entity or something along those lines as well yeah so even though there's six on the chart um you definitely want to uh think about maybe expanding it for your own games um just to give it a little more flavor i like how it's so, it's so many rivals and stuff you know just because yeah. i mean what a solo is you know they're they're the ones you know throwing bullets and blades around night city and shit so like they're obviously going to be picking up a lot that that rival vibe so it's i, I love yep. the fact that they have so you know a rival solo a fixer right you know rival solo who sees his nemesis or from another court um, it, it, it absolutely has that vibe, I think, when you think of Solo. Because like I said, you could even be doing a good job. You, know, you could be like a good guy and you're still just, you're going to have to protect the good guy by killing some bad guys who's going to have family or people that are going to care about him or someone's just going to look at that like you're killing in general, it's bad. You know, so I think no matter what, like just being a Solo, you're you're more prone to, you're, you're, you're almost set up for failure when it comes to like enemies. You're going to have a lot of them, you know? Yep. And it, of course, you're you're definitely having one enemy, even though you might not roll any in your uh, regular life path. You're definitely going to get one. And I think solos is kind of the one. Uh, no, there's two or three other careers that actually have others that uh, are gunning for you. So solo is not alone in making enemies, apparently. Oh yeah. 
almost everybody. Yeah. Um, so the next. Yeah, go, go ahead. Now I was gonna say the next section. Yeah. So the next section is your operational territory. Uh, it includes the corporate zone, combat zones, the whole city, the territory of a single corporation, the territory of a particular fixer or contact, or wherever the money takes you. Um, this also could apply to like the Badlands. Um, if you start doing a space game, right? Um, it could also be in in, in the uh, what the various uh, areas within space are, right? So not only do you have the uh, high riders floating around, but you also have the various um, space stations, right? Like Crystal Palace. Uh, you also have the moon uh, base. So, and I don't know what happened to the colony on Mars, but, you know, there is definitely, a, or was, a colony forming on Mars. So there's a lot of areas in which the Solo could uh, operate, um, not only on Earth, but also in space. And you could also apply this to uh, ocean, right? So, yep, oceans and seas. Yeah, there's um, the deep divers that are down there, they're living in those communities on the, you know, on the bottom of the ocean. Uh, you can yep. work with that. Uh, there's, flo you know, floating... Floating uh, cities. Yeah. Yeah, and a lot so. of people don't, I, don't, I think, uh, you know, space and, and water, those are the two I, I think you see so little. People don't tend to think of that as much, you know, but, uh, but yeah, you can push them. You know, it doesn't always have to be the city. Yep. So that's it for uh, the life paths. And again, you can always play in with the life path, your regular life path into this um, and why you became who you are or integrate some of the, the friends you generate or the enemies you generate uh, in your normal life path with the, <clears throat> the archetype you are, right? So as a bounty hunter, you probably cross some people who are looking to get some revenge on you as they were ex-bounties that you brought in. So there's a lot of fun stuff you can do in interplay with the uh, life paths. Oh yeah, that's what I think uh, somebody in the chat said it's like their favorite part of Red and I absolutely agree, it's so much fun. And if you've ever, ever seen one of my Session Zeros, uh, which anybody watching, you know, check out the live streams where I do my Session Zero, we archive them on the YouTube. Um, that's a huge part of it is going over the life paths of each of the players, you know, elaborating some of those things so it makes sense and it brings it to life. It, it gives depth to the characters. And then, like you said, tying in life path to specific role life path and the most fun part, tying it to the other players. Finding little things like, oh shit, I have something, you know, I have a, a similar type of enemy. Maybe both of us, you know, crossed paths at that time because of that enemy or, did, you know, or lover or this or that or whatever. But um, but yeah, I think that that's, that's a key part into, you know, tying your character into the world that you're about to start playing in and with the other players that you're playing with. Um, it just gives such depth. But yeah, I think we, we nailed the life path. That was a great job. Um, anybody in chat that's watching, keep in mind as we move on to the next things we talk about, the next sections, we have no problem backtracking and talking about something that we already mentioned. So if you have a comment or something pops in your head, oh shit, 
you know, I forgot to mention this when they were talking about that 10 minutes ago. Go ahead, put it in chat, doesn't matter. We, we can bounce around, talk about cyberpunk all day, doesn't matter, love it. <laughs> um, but let's get into the different archetypes. Um, you know, different examples from film, TV, comic, books, anything like that. Um, and uh, for me, I think that the most famous ones, right? I think in modern, obviously everyone thinks of, of stuff like, um, you know, John Wick and Han Solo and things like that, like the traditional, most famous, iconic stuff. But I, I really like uh, Takeshi Kovacs. Um, I want to make sure I say, say it right from... Uh, um, the new series on Netflix that did the, uh, the even though season two kind of sucked. Um, Alter Carbon. Yeah, uh, the uh, I, I hate getting into the details of uh, of the season because I think season one felt so cyberpunk and season two just felt so like drama. Like the writers were really like stroking their egos and lost sight of the style over substance a little too much, and they got a little too much in the substance over the style. Maybe I don't know. But, um, but yeah, he's a, a great solo. I think one of my favorite all-time ones um, from back, and that's more, one of the more newer ones. But um, Eon Flux has always been, like, I, I absolutely love Eon Flux. Um, I have the complete series on DVD that I got so long ago. I first saw it when it was being featured on, like, Liquid Television on an MTV way back in the day, like the 90s or something. Um, but, yeah, I love Eon Flux because I love the the smart, stylized way that she kills and does things and seduces people. It's absolutely got that 007 vibe, which is another sort of solo feeling character. And then that movie, um, Leon the Professional. Um, I really love that movie, classic from back in the day, the, the hitman guy um, that ends up protecting the girl, uh, the girl, which was like Natalie Portman back in the day. Um, love that movie. But those are the main things that pop in my head for like different stylized ways. What do you think? What comes into your mind? as far as solo and examples from like movie, TV, comics, and books? Um, for me, you know, Motoko from Ghost in the Shell and Bato. Uh, yeah. um, even though they are government agents, they are soldiers. And I think they, they are more um, solo than lawmen, right? Um, and so those like are, for me, we're, we're the ultimate solos of, of the cyberpunk genre. Um, just because, you know, they had great weapons, they had cool tech, and, you know, they got the job done. Um, and I like how you mentioned, uh, even though it has that lawman vibe, because you're thinking, okay, government worker, but I agree with you. I think there's a definite difference between, like, a lawman who I'll associate with like a cop or even a detective or something, you know, because like a private eye or something might bend the rules a little more than a cop per se, but, uh, well, that, that's not true if you're a fucked up cop, but um, but I do think that there's a, a, a difference when you start stepping into like that CIA, FBI, government agent side, it has way more of that 007, like I'm definitely breaking the rules. I live by my own rules that you you don't even know yet. You've never read them because you're not part of this agency. You know, it, it, it absolutely feels more solo than Lawman. I agree with you. Yep. And also think about um, even in Johnny Mnemonic, right? You had Jane um, and her character. And I think Johnny Mnemonic kind of showed like gutter punk, right? Um, she was a solo who's trying to get good tech or trying to make it big, right? 
uh, in the world, and she's got garbage tech, and you know the the whole premise of the of that movie around uh, cyberware being kind of uh, disease, right? Um, and her constantly looking to um, you know ba basically get the big score. Um, so I thought her character in that movie was pretty good and straight on as like a, a low level solo. Um, oh, yeah. Shinobi two three three, uh, Duna New and Berrios from Appleseed. Oh yeah, they kind of yeah those yeah I, I see them as solos because they are you know war veterans, but they're also I think they started off as solos and then became lawmen. And see, Furious George yeah. mentioned Deckard from Blade Runner is solo-ish. Absolutely. Yeah, solo-ish. Um, and then e e even though, like, Captain Marks is more of a lawman for us, like, see, exactly, I agree with that. Just like when I was doing the Nomad deep dive and going over, like, Mad Max, it's got that multi-class feel. Like, yeah, lawman, but total Nomad vibe. Just like I feel with Deckard, you know, lawman, but that, that solo vibe. Um, Cor uh, Rook. Corbin Dallas in Fifth Element seems like a retired solo. Absolutely, yeah. Either retired lawman, multi-classed into a retired solo. Definitely that old school salty, like, been there, done that. I'm too old for this and they're pulling me back in vibe, you know? Like, yep. yeah, yeah, I love it. Um, Matt Damon's character in uh, Elysium. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, could have been a solo, right? Again, a low level, uh, trying to, you know, break the system um and i think some of these characters you can definitely see in the the moral compass right of hey i'm out to get the bad guys or i'm in it for the money you, you definitely see those archetypes uh within these movies yeah and i had the, um, the thought here i'm switching up sirenscape a little bit going to hit some melee on the dance floor so now like people must have ran, they ran out of some bullets and now they're slinging some blades just just so anybody's listening watch a shout out to sirenscape again also shout out to cyberfight clothing uh one of my other sponsors really love those guys and what they're doing uh we got discount codes on our site if anybody's interested in gearing up um the other thing i wanted to mention with a solo i think would be kind of interesting in an archetype is playing it pacifist style like in a way and not like you know traveling monk so to speak like you know doesn't like it but will defend myself but i wonder if there'd be a way to like play it a hundred percent pacifist right like your weapon is persuasion and things like that but not falling into like the fixer and other things like still using your combat sense obviously like in the role ability and again i don't want to get too much into the crunch there's a lot of things to like add more damage aim better but maybe you focus more on deflecting damage to you or all those sort of perceptive bonuses you get as a solo and you rely more on like your tongue being you know sharp you know what i mean and things like that but i, I was wondering uh you know, if there'd be a way to play a solo as a full-on pacifist and not just to be a different role that's typically like <laughs> the face you know what i mean does that make sense yeah be interesting because i've seen stuff like you know where solos will be like i hate guns i only use blades or i only use yeah. guns or like i only i don't you know, I only do this type or um, martial arts or like, and I, and I love that. I love stylized solos, but I was thinking, man, if you could push it so extreme to be completely outside the box, think of like completely pacifist and you use your words as a weapon. Is there a way to pull that off and not just be a fucking rocker boy or something? <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't know if a solo would be really geared 
towards a complete pacifist. I guess I, think, I, I guess it couldn't be a hundred percent, right? You know? Yeah, <laughs> I, I think it can be still a non-lethal solo, right? Like oh, yeah, um, yeah. Captain Mark says, you know, there are non-lethal weapons. Um, the stunner so is equal to damage to the heavy pistol. Look at the rubber so bullet. Still use that. I was, I was bullets. yeah, I was going over that in my uh, my ammo crash course, and like you know, at first thought you're like, when would I ever use rubber bullets in cyberpunk? Like, why would you get this? But it, absolutely, if you're trying to like take someone out but not kill them, you know, you just want to yep. render them immobile or unconscious or something, you know. Yeah, and then there's also martial arts that to uh, subdue the person. Uh, yeah, so there's definitely them ways choke yeah. them out. Uh, you know, three successful chokes and they're unconscious. You know. So I think you can be non-lethal. I don't think you can be a not <laughs> a complete pacifist. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. <laughs> um, um, uh, let it coffee a Batman type of character. Yeah, Batman. I guess he's he's a solo because he's even though Lawman, you know, being the good guy, you know, his his moral compass is like that Lawman side of things. But but uh, but absolutely solo because he's you know he's breaking the laws and he's living by his own. You know. And can't forget the first solo, who I believe was Molly from Neuromancer. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and not only was she in that trilogy, but she was in, a, I think, another trilogy by um, Gibson. Uh, if you haven't read Gibson, please do. <laughs> yeah, it's a... He is definitely a, a cyberpunk inspiration. Big time. Um Back on what I when I was mentioning about the pacifist thing, I Meduli Meduiolis OT. Hopefully, I'm saying that right. I uh, completely butchered that, but it says vicious mockery. You know the whole D and D like words hurt sort of thing. You know, uh, psychic. If psychic damage would be a thing, why not? Like you know, like then you could be full on pacifist. You know, some type of like words hurt. They actually reduce your HP in a blade armor if you're if you're making fun of them hard enough. I guess. <laughs> but yeah, I think uh, I think that's you know that's some great examples uh, you know of some good archetypes and ways that you can kind of play your solo. Again, you know, no matter what, even if you're playing on the pacifist side, if you're trying to to do right, just solo being a solo, you're gonna have to get a little bit violent sometimes because it's 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 in the title, you know, as far as like your job, because you're either gonna be protecting or hunting or you know it's always going to be something uh that's going to involve some type of physical uh, violence or something along those lines um but yeah if anybody thinks of any other examples any movie things tv series absolutely drop them in the chat uh, but let's move on to recommended stats and skills and this kind of plays into you know what type of solo you're going to play i think like when i was mentioning about uh different skills and stat stuff when i was talking about the pacifist um, side of a solo uh, it just again makes me think of the fact that a solo is always going to have to be involved with things like that obviously the number two skills you think of with solo is reflex and dexterity um, aside from body and that just depends on if you're trying to play the beefier or more evasive type of character because maybe body isn't as important if you have really good reflex and dexterity you know what do you think as yeah. far as recommended stats? Um, it depends on, again, on, on what kind of solo you're playing, right? If, if you're going to be playing um, 
kind of a, a person who uses ranged weapons more, yeah, reflex and dex. Uh, if you're looking to play uh, more hand to hand, then you know you definitely want to bump up your body and your will, so that way you have more hit points when you start getting into melee combat um, and, and fighting. So <clears throat> I think it's a combination of those four stats and, and what kind of solo you want to play. Um, but if you're playing also like a bounty hunter, well, you also need to have detective skills, right? And, and look into um, increasing your intelligence and, and as well. Um, so you can do, you know, the research and, and looking for those bounties. Um, in my current 2020 game, uh, I have a bounty hunter guy and he often is looking for various bounties and again his skill roles are more towards street rut or streetwise library search and skills that aren't necessarily combat oriented um so always take that into consideration on um, what kind of role or, or archetype you're trying to go with your uh solo yeah i feel like anytime i've ever done you know a solo that's had some of that sort of you know, deduction and library search and some of those kind of intelligent skills to help because maybe he is more on the hunting side of things or de detective side of soloing, I guess. So soloing as it's a, an adjective or, or, a, or a verb. Um, but if I, I feel that if you do that, you have to, you know, pick at least one of, you know, either the ranged or the melee, the martial arts, you're, you're good at brawling, something along those lines. Um, because obviously you can't be good at everything, but if you're going to put, you know, some effort in the intelligent side of, you know, that, that stuff, then it has, you pick at least one side of that violent stuff, whether, you know, you're attacking or protecting, so to speak. And when yeah. it comes to like, if, if I ever don't worry about the intelligent side as much, and I'm more focused on being the, the typical solo and focusing on what a solo is good at. I always feel that reflex and dexterity, especially with the way red works, just goes hand in hand. Because even if you're gonna be, um, okay, I don't plan on shooting people a lot. Um, I'm just gonna uh, do martial arts, right? So I'm focused on dexterity or melee. Um, I'm not worried about guns as much. But, you know, you're up close and you're gonna have to evade, which is your dexterity and your evasion. But if people are shooting at you, the only way that you can evade that sort of shit is if your reflex is eight or higher. So to me, if you want to take advantage of that really high dex, you're going to want at least an eight in reflex to take advantage of that when people are shooting at you, if that's your thing. Um, and again, if you're going to be into shooting and you have that high uh, dexterity, then you have the ability to dodge and use that dex. So if, if that's your main focus, why not have the high dex? Because you can rely on it when you need to evade because your reflex is that high. So again, I think whether you're looking at it from the dexterity or from the reflex point of view, both kind of go hand in hand because of the way that they work together, at least in red. Yep. Um, yeah, I mean, I can see your point with the, the reflex. You want I to kind of dodge bullets, but um, I haven't played long enough to really like concentrate on those numbers and whether how much of a benefit um, evasion really is. Uh, and again, I think it's situational. Um, when it comes to to basically dodging bullets and what the numbers are right oh, yeah. uh so if you are 
going to do more melee, um, you definitely want to concentrate more on your decks. Um, and yes, reflex can kind of take a sideline because those are more towards range weapons um, skills. However, for a even for a, a person or for a solo who is more range weapons, right? You can't ignore Dex because Dex also has other things like stealth and athletics. So those roles you still might have to make to get where you're going, right? Um, oh, yeah. Even if you are care about your firearms. Um, so it, it's kind of a juggling act, right? Oh, it absolutely and, and trying to figure is. It out. No, I think you just you mentioned something else. Um, is like the stealth side of it made me think of the fact that like anytime you play a solo with that sort of fighting character, because let's not forget, you know, with red, like yeah, each role has their own role ability and kind of leans towards certain things. And a solo absolutely leans towards fighting. Look at their role ability. But anybody can put a lot into fighting skills and still be awesome at that shit. But I think that anytime that you do that sort of thing, you kind of you, you kind of decide like, am I being the type of fighter that has really, you know, really amazing at my weapons and guns to the point like I'm not worried about being stealthy. I'm like I'm confrontational. Yeah. I intimidate people. I'm persuasive in that sense. Like um, I just walk into a room like, dude, I could kill you, <laughs> you know. Or am I more stealthy? Am I am I like a ninja? Like yeah, I can still kill you, but I'm gonna be real tactful. I'm gonna be creeping around the shadows and like, you know, am I am I more like that rogue style? you know, fighter, or am I more like that barbarian style fighter? Not to bring in like D&D references, but you know what I mean? Like it absolutely stylizes the solo in my mind. Like, am I creeping around like a ninja and being, you know, tactful in my approach? Or am I coming in like yep. a fucking tank and just kicking down a door like, what's up? Taste my blade, you know? And I think that also plays into your other skills, right? And, and what you're going to select for those skills. Um, like, are you a, a special ops? So you might have to take some demolitions. Uh, you, oh, yeah. X skill might not be high, but you might need that. You also might need pick lock, right? If you're if you're an assassin, right? Uh, and think of what an assassin has to do. Um, if you're a bodyguard for a corporate, well, you need to dress the part. So you need to, you know, work on your wardrobe and style. Um, also your personal grooming uh and in those situations as a bodyguard you also want to have some human perception right to make sure that there's people not lying or determine whether or not there's a, a guy who's very nervous when he starts approaching your your uh, you know point. your client um and even like you know a fun skill is like even lip reading right to read what conversations are happening across the legs. So a lot of those espionage type of games, you also need to look into those skills as well. Yeah, great point. Um, Kira over here in the chat says, reflex is also your initiative. Yeah, it's gonna affect your initiative there. Um, going first is a huge deal in red, absolutely. Yep, absolutely. Um, so that's a good point to make too, is that as a solo and being the one who's gonna typically jump into combat first, or hopefully, like, I mean, if you have a team and the solo's letting you step into combat first as like a media or exec, then you might wanna have a conversation with your solo. But yeah, um, typically they're jumping into the battle first and like reflex is important just for initiative. Yeah, it's not only firing weapons, but just getting, giving you the, the jump on everybody, so to speak, you know? 
And speaking of that, I don't know if you want to start getting into the roll ability. Um, we can or we, solos. Um, yeah, we can chat chat about it a little. Like I said, I dive into the, you know in the those crash courses. I really explain how the roll ability works and what it is. Um, right. But we can chat about it a bit. You know, um, I think it kind of kind of goes hand in hand with um, you know recommended skills and stats. Um, the other thing I wanted to mention though too, as a solo, like recommended skills. Um, I always think like don't don't just rely on brawling. Absolutely, get into a martial art. Um, you know picking uh, one of the four types that's currently available um, is very important. Look at the special abilities. Each one has like two special moves or whatever. And some of those have prerequisites that um, are, might be determined by your stats or certain things. So that's important too, I think, is, is a solo being proficient in the martial arts and then picking one of the four that makes the most sense based on the stats and skills. Um, but what were you gonna I'll say? See. What was that? You can correct me if I'm wrong, but you kind of need, for some of the martial arts, you need brawling uh, to do, especially if there's any grappling involved. Uh, well, no. My understanding of the rules yeah. is that you need brawling for grappling. Yeah, yeah. Grabbing. Well, yeah, brawl, you don't need brawling for martial arts, but you use brawling skill when it comes to grappling, regardless if you have martial arts. If you don't have martial arts, then you rely on brawling for punching and kicking and stuff as well you know what i mean and everybody everybody gets, starts off with a, a plus two in brawling anyways it's just natural yep. life skills so no matter what you can always punch and kick using your brawling you always use it for grapple but i feel like as a solo you should absolutely don't rely on brawling for punching and kicking get a martial arts it you know it, it uh, cuts the armor in half rounded up which brawling doesn't do and um you get those special moves uh which is amazing yep but what were you going to say um, about uh, rollability stuff? Is, is, is so, right. So when I, when I was reviewing like the, the various rollabilities and the, the rollabilities are damage deflection, fumble recovery, initiative reaction, pre uh, precision attack, and spot weakness. So like for me, reviewing some of these, I, I saw that like, you know, damage deflection is kind of like uh pseudo armor right in which you can absorb some damage per round um to help uh and some of them have their benefits and some of them have you know again the damage deflection depending upon your armor and, and what what you're facing you know will always be circumstantial and whether you're going to use it um, but for me the one thing that about the uh fumbly fumble recovery right so I know there's quite a few referees out there who have home rules about fumble and luck, right? So um, even I have my own uh, home rules on how to use luck and how to deal with fumbles uh, to eliminate a fumble. So one of the problems you'll encounter with fumble recovery is if the GM does allow you to spend a certain amount of luck to avoid a fumble, that kind of takes away that whole attribute, right? And, and why put four points or have four points in it into it when you can use luck points to uh, get rid of a fumble. So as a referee, you would have to come up with another type of rule to s replace it, right? Um, and like my initial thoughts on this when I was reading through this was, yeah, I'm always going to use luck to st stop fumbles because that is applied to all players. 
So how do I address this for solos um, from a four point? So, and four points is a big investment into uh, the solos um, abilities. So oh, yeah. my home rule right now, and again, I haven't play tested it completely, but for four points, you get to reroll a fumble every session, right? So if you roll a one, you get to roll again. Um, and that kind of, it is a big benefit for that ability to happen. But I think for the four points and, you know, how I use luck, it kind of compensates for that. Um, and I don't know if you've thought about that, Rob, with uh, any of the home rules you use with like luck's, luck getting rid of fumbles. No, no, I haven't used uh, luck to get rid of fumbles. So I, the, the only uh, sort of you know anti-fumble rule has been the fumble recovery aspect of that rollability. Yeah, I haven't messed with uh, with with luck helping with any fumbles. And I think that's also because red doesn't have uh, the same type of like um, I don't know de detrimental you know repercussions of fumbling that like twenty twenty had. So it doesn't seem as dangerous you know like you're i don't feel the risk and i mean we had we had homebrew stuff too heavy back in the day when i was younger um we had a lot of fun with stuff like that but there's no like you know in red that you're not going to fumble and accidentally hurt yourself or shoot a member or you know a team member by accident or completely break your weapon the most is like by the quality of weapon uh you know it might jam and you have to use an action to unjam it or you're gonna fumble and deduct the, uh, the the second rolling from your total score. So it's not like a direct pain. So I guess I haven't really right. felt the need to to add more ways out of it, I guess. But I like that idea. I like the, uh, you know, using the luck to get out of a fumble. It makes sense, uh, you know, just by definition of, you know, what luck is and what it is supposed to be like in a game. like. You use it, and it's supposed to be like in real life, like your natural luck. You're just being lucky. You get to get by in a certain way. So I do like the idea in that of you know getting to get away from that one. Um, but then, like you said, you have to make those four points make sense because then it, it throws the balance off a little, makes that a bit redundant. Otherwise, um, do you, you when you do the reroll with the four points, is that you know once in a session and then they reset yeah. it, or or, in, in it, or once with the once combat? Oh, okay. To begin with, right? And then, you know, again, I haven't fully played play right. tested it. Um, you know, I mean, I, I definitely have some severe uh, luck rules when it came to 2020, um, mainly because I kind of, most of my players use it as a dump stat because they thought there was really no benefit to adding one or two points to a skill roll. Um, so I actually, expanded kind of the luck rules um nice. that i think other people have, have done uh you can actually check those rules out on my site right. yeah i'm um, gonna have the, anybody watching too i'll have the link to uh cyber smiley's site in the description too. i mean it's super easy to, to know what it is but I'll, I'll have it in there for the archive and everything just easy for people to click through yeah and i've always associated luck kind of with you know luck so if there is a fumble i I have a high luck, so maybe I should use some points to, to not fumble as much, right? Because I yeah. am a lucky person. 
um, as opposed to the dice roll dictating it. Right? I have... So I, I, as a bad dice roller, an unlucky dice roller, I could roll several runs right in a row, um, which can, you know, doesn't reflect a 10 luck or an eight luck, you know? Right. Um, exactly. So that was always my justification on how I used luck. I like that. The way you just worded it, I, I, I like that a lot. That made me f feel it, the, the concept of those rules um, sitting in real world uh, uh, application a lot better. That was awesome, the way you worded yep. it. Um, and yeah, there's cybersmiley.net right there in the chat too. Anybody on Twitch, you got the, the link there from Capricious Nature. Um, Thank you, Capricious. Yeah, no, I... Uh, there's one other thing I was going to say. Um, oh, uh, when it comes to luck, uh, one other thing that I have used it for is the same way I do, like, I've done cool checks and intelligent checks. I've mentioned it in other videos how I do it. I do this with luck as well. Like, sometimes in intelligence, I'll roll a 1d10. As long as they're under their intelligence, they might remember something. Like, if there's something going on and, it, you know, it was mentioned in a previous session and none of the players are picking up on it. They're not like naturally meta remembering the shit from previous sessions. I'll have them do an intelligence check. I'll go, hey, your character remembers that from this, you know? Um, I'll do the same thing with luck sometimes. If um, they're trying to do something that's beyond just a skill, like, okay, yeah, I can pick lock the door so they can get into the room, but is the item going to be in there that they're looking for? Because it's not in my notes, you know? It's one of the rooms they just went in on the side. It has nothing to do with the campaign, the session. I have to move things to make it work. So it's one of those things that's just, you know, in the moment and sometimes i will do a luck check like a 1d10 see if it's under the luck to see if they're lucky enough to have whatever they're trying to have happen happen you know what i mean yep and that's when you start doing things like that with luck because luck is, is and again sorry for sidetracking off of solos but luck you know when you do things like that and the player didn't doesn't know that you're when he first goes in, know you're doing these type of checks and rules um, and tries to use it as a dump stat, uh, it gets to be very comical <laughs> at times. Oh, yeah. Um, especially if they have a one world, oh, oh, a one in the, actually, you can only have a two in red. But still, um, you know, forcing them to make a luck roll and the rest right. of the party looking at that player and being like, oh, geez, here we go. Yeah. I like when a player leans into that a bit though too, like on the opposite end of that conversation, like Wandering DM plays in uh, one of my monthly Cyberpunk Red games. And um, we're actually played, uh, that's the team I'm playing this Wednesday, 4 p.m. Pacific Standard, right here, anybody watching, make sure you tune in. In just two days, we'll be running that game. But he plays like an ex-cop, uh, salty dude, and uh, uh, he's a lawman, but uh, he said he purposely just left his luck all the way down to two to reflect his shitty life path and his history of like his character is just unlucky. And I love that. I love that he like leaned into it and made it like, you know, oh, my luck is that low because my character is unlucky. And like, you know, it's not just like that dump statter thing. It's like part yep. of the character. Like he knows how luck can be used and he chose like, this is my character. And like, I love that. And yeah, shout out to Rook and Chad. He's playing it in that team too. He's Looper. He's one of the uh, the media uh, there. He says, "Be there." Well, you better be there. We're streaming it. <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah, I think we rocked archetypes of uh, you know recommended stats and skills. Um, obviously, we we tore through the life path, which was a lot of fun. Um, anybody in chat, if you have any questions, uh, you know, put them out there. Uh, I know we've kind of already been rocking into the questions section and just 
you know, chatting about solos and about anything. Um, keep in mind, I'd love it to be about solos. That's what this deep dive is. But anybody in chat, if you just have general questions for us, especially uh, for Will here, you got Cyber Smiley, uh, the guy who created CyberSmiley.net. Uh, if you have any questions from for him in particular, go for it as well. But um, I think uh, have, is is solo. Is that one of your all-time favorite roles, or was it when you were younger? It always seems like you know, like the first role people choose or get into, especially when you're younger. You know, it's the ultimate badass, right? Actually, my first two characters were med techs. Oh, really? So yeah. Um, so I have played a couple solos over my time, and again, I'm in Reservoir Pandas game. I am playing their solo. Um, so solos can be fun um, because, you know, most depending upon the game, right? If it's combat oriented, yes, you're going to have a blast as a solo. But if you start getting into a little more role playing um, and you're not have a character for that role playing, it can be tough. Uh, so I think my all time favorite role probably would have been the Netrunner. Um, even the old school ones with oh. the complicated, you know, <laughs> game within a game. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I always liked that kind of character, um, which is, is a tough character to play in a game. Um, especially if you're off dealing on the net and, you know, but for, for our teams, you know, we were always able to get that, the net runner involved. Um, like for example, my my current uh, 2020 game, uh, the majority of player, or there's only one solo, and he's he, he's a bounty hunter. Um, the rest of the the team is just uh, you know techies, netrunner, uh, media, and there's one other. I don't remember. I, I like that though. I like a, a nice, well-rounded team that leans heavily into the role playing. Especially like yep. a, as a streamer, if you've seen any of the teams I run, some of the best moments are when like people are, you know, everyone's in character and either reacting to a scene or an NPC or a situation, something. And they're all like interacting, talking to each other and dealing with it in character. And like it's has nothing to do with combat, just heavy role playing. And that, those, those are some of my favorite uh, moments. Absolutely, at the table. Um, we do have a question here uh, from Shinobi233. says, what is what is good starting gear for a solo? And I think that's, you know, that can go in any direction here because like we talked about the archetypes, it depends on how you're playing your solo. Um, yep. First first and foremost, um, I think general gear for a solo, regardless if you're playing like the melee, the ranged weapon, the martial artist, or whatever type of solo, no matter what, I think general gear for a solo to have would be stuff like, um, well, depending on if you have cyber eyes with teleoptics and stuff, you're gonna want some binoculars, you're gonna want some handcuffs or zip ties for people that you're interrogating, um, you know, some duct tape. Uh, what else? What are some general things? No matter what type of solo every solo should have, what are some good things here? Uh, you're always going to want at least uh, some good armor. Um, whether or not you want to get into armor that gives you stat penalties, that's a tough one, right? I guess um, that, that that's when it comes into play. Like, am I playing the stealthy ninja-style martial artist, or am I, am I playing the tank that doesn't give a fuck? Then maybe you might get some of that armor 
that gives a little penalties to the move stat and to your uh, decks and things where you're not worried about being stealthy or moving long distances. You're just going to kick in the door and lay down the damage, you know? Yep. But, I, but that's a great point. Armor. Um, Anti-smog so mask. Uh, Rook says, yeah, mask. Anti-smog mask. It's a good, good uh, most of my solos when I play them, uh, I do do cyber optics, anti dazzler, because uh, I'd rather not go blind, uh, and low light. Uh, Absolutely. The first thing you should always do is take out any light sources. Yep. Uh, just to improve those penalties, not only for your opponent to hit you, but yes, it's going to affect you, but if you got your, you know, night vision goggles on or, or your night vision uh, cybernetics, you're not going to have to worry about those penalties. Exactly. Um, Great point. But yeah, so yeah, ga yeah gas masks um, are yeah. also good. Yeah, and I think um, uh, Owen oh, Capricious Nature has got to get back to classes. Thanks for tuning in. Always love your support, man. I'll see you on the, uh, on the Discord. And, uh, and hopefully you'll be tuning in to... Uh, I, I have an interview tomorrow uh, tentatively planned with the, the owner of Modifius to talk about some Fallout and Dune gameplay that we're going to be starting up soon. So hopefully everybody can tune into that tomorrow. It should be at like noon Pacific Standard, I, I believe. Um, if nothing else, Wednesday's gameplay will be the next uh, time I'll be streaming if tomorrow's interview doesn't pan out. Um, but aside from those general things that I think every solo should have, and I think those are great things to mention... Um, like I said, there's some specifics that I think come down to the, the way you're playing your solo. You know, if you're going to be that stealthy ninja style character, maybe you're not worried about a lot of guns, a rifle, a submachine gun or pistol of any kind, but you're worried more about having, um, you know, a sword or blade or pop-up melee blade, um, you know, quiet weapons like that, um, things that are light uh, things that aren't ranged or maybe you're the opposite. Maybe you're a sharpshooter and you're more into the ranged attack In which case maybe you have the sniper rifle strapped to your back next to the shotgun with the pistol and the holster and the submachine gun around <laughs> The other side of you so you're at any range you're ready to throw some bullets um, So yeah, I think uh, you know, there's the general items that every solo should have and then when it comes to like weapons and cyberware You're gonna get specific based on the type of solo you're playing Yep. Um, and for me, you know, when it comes to a, a solo, you, you know, smart gun is always seen by solos, um, and some type of speedware um, to boost your initiative, because if you go first, <laughs> you, you're the one who's good, probably going to live longer. <laughs> um, but when it comes to speedware, you know. You, you, there's two, right? Which is the Sandifistan, I think it's oh, called. Oh, yeah, yeah. And um, do they have the old one? Oh. And, oh, Karensikov. Um, I would not use the, uh, the Sandifistan, um, mainly because it requires you to take an action. Uh, and it you play in certain games some referees don't have you roll initiative from uh round to round so to waste you know you know you basically have to have an action to activate it and then it only lasts for a minute so you have to know that you're going to be in combat prior to the initiative roll to actually get the benefits 
Um, whereas the other one gives you a flat plus two uh, all the time. So always keep those in mind. Um, one is more expensive than humanity loss. So hopefully your, your, your empathy is uh, doing well when you start purchasing that. But again, um, compared to the, you know, 2020, now you have the ability to use therapy to kind of reduce that. So, uh, get some therapy as a yeah. solo. Yeah. And Frankie McSpank says healing drugs. That is a good kind of general character, uh, thing to have as a solo, but you know, not forgetting that in red, uh, you know, like, uh, the, the speed heal and such, you have to have a med tech, um, give that to you. Uh, by give, I mean uh, apply it to you. What's the word I'm looking for? Administer it to you. Um, you can't, yes. yeah, you can't grab those med tech drugs. You know, that stim pack, speed heal, whatever that little chart under the med tech role, uh, not coming to mind all of them, but speed heal is one of them. Um, all those things, you, the med tech has to administer it to you. They know how to use the air hypo and where to put it, how to do it. Um, but it wouldn't hurt as a solo to have those things like, you know, whether there's a med tech on your team that can give it to you or you're just out and about and you gotta, you know, I need a doctor, <laughs> you know, like here, inject this into me, you know, that sort of thing. Um, healing drugs would be a good thing to have as a solo. Cause like we've said, you're going to be in combat. Yep. And radios. Don't ever forget radios. Oh yeah. Um, yes, you have your phone, but a radio isn't. <clears throat> A much better option because <laughs> you can sub vocalize um and if you're getting into a specialized solo you know you definitely want to look into you know lock picking uh equipment um if you're a bodyguard you might want to look into uh bug detectors <clears throat> um and other things of that nature um you know, PWB says, okay, then a secondary role in med tech. So yeah, if you multi-class from a, as a med tech into a solo, then you can administer your own healing drugs into yourself. That's a great idea. <laughs> yeah, when it comes to solo, I think me personally, um, anytime that I have played a solo, uh, or when I think of when I will again, because I know eventually again I will play, um, I won't, I'm not only going to be a GM my whole life, but uh, I, I like the idea of a solo with some of those specific skills like lock picking. I, I want to be stealthy. Anytime I've played a solo, I've been more of that like tactful ninja style solo, more rogue-like than tank-like, you know, I'm less the barbarian and more the rogue, more like breaking in, sneaking around, you know, just being tactful, like you said, shooting, you know, taking out the lights or the electricity and then relying on my night vision and other skills to get the advantage on other people that don't have that. Um, things like that. Uh, yeah, I, I, I would be good at fighting if I, if I, if I was going to lean on fighting in any of the solos I've ever played or when I think about future ones, you know, uh, more into the martial arts, more into sharpshooting if I'm going to do it. Um, probably if I was going to do melee, I, it would have to be more stylized. So like if I, if I'm going to do that, I'm going to full on take like that ninja persona, you know, but, um, but generally speaking, uh, fixer has always been my favorite role, but when I play it, I always play it like as a sharpshooter or something along those lines, because that's my favorite part of a solo when it comes to that combat is, you know, having like not maybe being proficient in every weapon, 
but having like that heavy pistol that I'm just like shooting flies off of the ass of a cat like a mile away style shit, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I actually turned to uh, what uh, the book suggests for equipment for a solo. Um, yeah, it doesn't really give you too much. An agent, yeah. clothes, and mirror shades. Right. That's all you need to do to be a solo. Mirror shades, number one, yeah. We've, how did we forget that? Every solo has to have mirror shades. <laughs> I, I, I and I look over at MedTech outfit and like they have like handcuffs as one of the uh, equipments a MedTech will need. I'm like that's interesting. Yeah, I guess for unruly patients, you know, you're trying to administer a drug and they're getting rowdy or something. But again, like yep. that should definitely be in the solos pocket. Like I said, every solo. Um, I've ever played always has like duct tape and zip ties in their backpack, some rope, maybe a chain, you know, shit like that, you know, a crowbar. Large double bag too. Yeah, exactly. Keep all your weapons in it as well. That's true. And eventually like, you know, you start doing enough gigs, you make enough money, you're going to have that weapon safe hidden in the wall of yep. your, your flat or wherever you're living. Um, exactly. PWB, a reliable partner, coworker, or past friend is a good thing to have. Absolutely, that's funny. That's funny to me. That's that's got to be a joke answer because that's like uh, obvious. Like you're you're in Cyberpunk, you're in Night City. I think the most valuable thing to have is a reliable partner, somebody you can trust. You know, because that's absolutely rare. Yep. Yeah, he laughed at that one. I think he agrees. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, Shinobius, uh, a Spec Ops uh, solo, Special Ops. Like I, that's a, you know my favorite type. Yeah, of solo. Let, let, uh, although you know it might be fun. You know when I think about it to play that tank style. I've never done it because it's not not as appealing to me. But th then the more I think about it, it might be kind of fun to role play that out if you're playing like a tank style solo that's just so badass. Like everywhere you go, you're just like breaking doors off hinges and like sorry. You know, like, you're just like that badass, like, tank that's almost like, like, a two in intelligence. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, um, but you're just a tank. Like, that might be kind of fun to play out. You know, always yeah, trying that, to intimidate. Could get you into some rough situations, though, being like that. And again, I think that would be perfect for, like, a C-SWAT. Um, oh, yeah. Campaign, right? Um, because I... I psh firmly believe that C-SWAT isn't just made up by lawmen. They are There are solos in that group. Um, as well as some of the have other roles, be. like a, a med tech. Um, so you'd have lawmen, med tech. Um, so you and could create a campaign on, on a team of C-SWATs like battling cyber psychos. Yeah, C-SWAT to me, like now that you mentioned it, it almost can't be a mix like that. Like when you think of trauma team, they've got the mix, right? You know, like the doctors and shit, but then they have security and stuff, you know? But I feel like with C-SWAT, when you're dealing with cyber cycles, like I feel all of C-SWAT needs to be like multi-class. Like they're lawmen solos, right? But then they also have to have like a third multi-class. Like to be in C-SWAT, you at least have to be up to like, you know, rank eight minimum. So you've had at least that first four ranks as like maybe a med tech or nomad so you can drive, something like that. But then you've had to have at least put in four years as a lawman and you have to be a solo. So you have to be beyond that eight eight rank mark because it's every four ranks that you can multi-class. So I picture every C-SWAT member has to be what? At least 
above rank eight to be at least have some solo, some lawman, and then some other type of multi-class that makes sense that they would need on the team, whether it be med tech or something. Yeah, C-SWAT uh, seems like it would be that serious, that intense to me. Yeah, it's, it definitely would be intense. Um, but I also, you know, so, so C-SWAT is not just, you know, the veterans. They also take in, you know, the crazies, right? Mm -hmm. So I think, you know, yeah, if you're doing an elite force, um, but I can see starting players having that mix uh, and coming in, whether they're, um, you know, and, and depending upon your campaign, right? So you could have like, uh, uh, what is it? The, the prison work unit, right? Who have to form uh, in C SWAT. What was that? Cyber, Cyber City Edo? Oh, yeah. Right? So those guys were kind of like C SWAT and they were all criminals. Um, yeah. With, with the neck collars, right? So it's not necessarily in, you know, the per people who are doing it because they want to do it are probably, you know, the elite. Whereas the ones who are forced to do it, you know, might be schleps off the street, right? That they're paying off for whatever crime they did in their past that they need to uh, now make amends and work it off. But even if it is that they have to be badasses though, cause like just going into dealing with cyber psychos, like True. even if the, even if it's like district or, or city PD or the government like, ah, just, Throw them and they're expendable. They still don't. They still want to take out the cyber psycho. They don't want them. They're fucking up the city and killing the innocent. So they at least got to be somewhat a badass. Um, and I love PWB says play some media on a C SWAT ride along. That would be fine. That would be so funny. I'm taking that fucking idea and I'm gonna do something similar like that in an upcoming stream. I'm also interested in doing a, a themed campaign like what Capricious is doing for us with all the nomads doing one where maybe everyone is a multi-class starting at like level 10 or 12 where like they've been a lawman for four years, then a solo for, for four or four ranks I should say. And now they're stepping into whatever niche within C-SWAT, whether they're med tech media covering the promos, Nomad covering the driving, things like that, maybe exec handling the business side of it or tracking as like an extent more of soloing. Um, I really like that themed group idea for that. That sounds really fun. Uh, and Furious George says, kind of off topic, but why did our Talsorian make the Ripper doc? Why didn't they make a Ripper doc main role or life path? I agree, that's such a great role. And I have a med tech in one of my other monthly streams. I just did our session zero and Greg from How to Drink, if anyone's seen How to Drink on YouTube, he's the one that created the Johnny Silverhand drink that they actually mimicked the look of in the video game from. But he's playing a med tech in my stream, in that team. And um, and he's a ripper doc. Uh, yeah, I kind of went that route. But I agree, I think Artel Sorian should have, you know, put even more into it. And I mean, even as you can see today, look at our deep dive today when we talk about Life Pass, um, how Cyber Smiley was kicking out different ideas within the, you know, beyond just the six within categories. And like, absolutely, if you spend some time, you can expand all these things. But I imagine with our Talsorian, eventually, you know, you have to, what's the word you have to put, you know, a, a, a cork in it and call it done or whatever. Like, you know, eventually yep. they have to say, okay, let's sell this version and we'll just put that stuff into the next Chromebook or the next whatever. Eventually you have to stop, put out what you have and just, you know, put put the expansions into a new book or something. I'm hoping that's what that means. Um, yeah, and Artel Sarian 
never really addressed the techie, right? The med tech, med oh, yeah. techie in 2020. So <clears throat> I yeah. think, you know, if that book ever made an appearance, um, River Doc would have been included. Mm -hmm. um, and I know that, especially with like techie, because all the other splat books kind of expanded the various roles. Um, but we'll see, you know, maybe maybe our Talsa Arena will start, you know, coming out with more splat books for yeah. the, the, the new version of these roles. Yeah, and Frankie McSpank says, I think because the stereotypical Ripper Doc is, is bound to a clinic, um, our, our med tech who's playing the Ripper Doc, it's actually portable. Uh, they're working out of uh, the RV that the team has. But even prior to getting involved with the team in their RV, he was, he was a mobile Ripper Doc uh, going to different places and setting up a makeshift you know, tent or room or whatever he could do in the location, kind of like, uh, you know, doctors over the border style thing, um, but like going to combat zones in different places and just being that med tech, uh, that ripper doc in that sense. Um, so don't always have to be bound to a clinic, it, but it does make sense stereotypically you, when you think ripper doc, you do. You think that they're in some yep. back alley clinic or some shit that they run. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and Rook asks what What's a role that we think that might be weird or not believable for a solo to multi-class into? Um, honestly, I don't think... I think that in Cyberpunk, they could be in any role. Yeah. Uh, because, you know, it's inherently violent in this world. So, like, their history of being a solo or multi-classing into or from any role can work in my mind. Unless... Yep. I'm not thinking of one, but you know, even even an exec, something you would think like, you know, they could get into that, start focusing on the skills, even if their intelligence is low, focus on the skills um, side of those intelligent checks and things and, and build those up to the point like, you know what, I'm an exec now, I'm smart enough to do it, but it's my background and being a badass that helps me intimidate people to respect me in the corporate world, you know? It could be, you know, maybe they're threatening. Um, so yep. even, even on that level, I can think of it, you know? Um, yeah, solo. Yeah, and being an yeah, idiot. and like for for like even getting into media, right? You could be a war correspondent, right? Oh, yeah. Um, and like we said, uh, media who who rides along with C SWAT. Yeah, or, I really like that idea. You know, yeah, and and you know that that the media can get implanted into anywhere, right? Um, for from corporation and when we're talking about combat, right? So at least from 2020, the corporations that were combat were Air Soccer Militech, yeah. So they're going to probably have uh, a media doing propaganda for them, right? Showing, hey, these are what our soldiers can do. And here's some, you know, do some live footage. Um, but there's also, you know, the Lazarus group. I don't know if that survived into uh, Red. But you also had like Orion, which was basically a, a counter-terrorist uh, corporation. Um, and that's one of the medias in my current game that used to work for that team. Um, but that's something that you could always work into from a solo point of view. And I think we already talked about rockers being, you know, a professional fighter, whether it's a professional wrestler, professional boxer, MMA uh, champion. <clears throat> Um, fixers, right? So, like with what Rob was saying with fixers and execs, right? The solo could have been somebody who's getting promoted into 
the organization, whether it's、uh, a legal corporation, right? So I'm becoming a, a corporate, going up that ladder, or into the the seedier side and becoming a fixer, right?、Uh, look at Rogue, right? She was a, a solo in 2020, and in 2077 she became a fixer, or it's actually probably in Red she's a fixer right now.、Um, mm-hmm. So I don't think too many details were raised on that. Yeah. Um, lawmen again. We talked about the 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 C SWAT and mixing them. Netrunner solo. Um, I can see a mix of that, right? So you're a com- combat operative,、uh, doing infiltration work, right? And maybe you need some netrunning well, skill, especially in red, because you know it's no longer remotely done. You know, you have to be within six、yep. meters of of an access point. It's AR and not VR. Like you're still in meat space, dodging bullets and getting attacked while you're net running. So absolutely, a solo net runner makes sense. Right, and med tech is a combat medic. Nomads again.、Uh, the solo, the the multi class would have been, you know, some type of guard or, or protector of the family.、Um, and techie, right? So techie might be. Again, similar to to Netrunner, right?、Uh, a combat combat operative who needs to go in, plant demolitions,、uh, hack into the systems. Techies also are good for you know、uh, creating the various gear, making sure everything's working properly.、Um, so, yeah, I don't see any weird combinations.、Um, yeah, I think, I think they're it works. They lots, yeah. And Rook says he's imagining a solo multi-classing into being an exec and having a solo employee that's their protege. Absolutely,、yep. you know he's one of their corporate guards, like looking up to him. You know, that's funny. Look at the、uh, look at the president of Russia. You know, used to be K- <laughs> used to be KGB and shit, and look at him now, fucking running the whole country.、Um, yeah, I think we nailed it, man. I think、uh, it was a great solo deep dive. Um, unless there's any other solo-specific questions coming from chat in the next minute, I'm gonna call it. I think we we did a great job, man,、uh, of diving into the life path. I love that you had you know extra ideas for each life path section.、Um, getting into the different archetypes was a lot of fun. The different ways that you can play a solo, you know, depending on what you're focused on, and thus you know what stats and skills. I think we we got to talk a lot about that. Um, and the dynamic ways that this can fit into a team, the multi-classing aspect was a lot of fun to chat about. I think it was probably one of the better deep dives that I've done. I love all of them; they're always so much fun. But I feel with this one,、um, there's a lot of outside-the-box thinking. I think you brought a lot of really cool thoughts to the table, man. I really appreciate you joining me. I appreciate you having me, man. It's always good to talk with you. Hell yeah,、um, yeah. And anybody in chat that hasn't already, make sure you check out Tales. From the forlorn dopes that Cyber Smiley does with wisdom from Data Fortress,、uh, it's an ongoing、Next、series.、Wednesday. Yep, a、uh, lot of fun. I know it was supposed to be this Wednesday, but I've got my monthly stream kind of taken over that day a bit, and the times would have been shifted too much. So. That, now that's going to start next Wednesday and be every other Wednesday from there until we fuck up the schedule again, or until I fuck up the schedule again. I should say I apologize.、Um, but yeah, everybody should tune into that. Check them out. Also, make sure you check out CyberSmiley.net. I'm going to put the link in the description so everybody can check it out. 
Um, aside from that, give me some love and support for Cyberpunk Uncensored. We're doing a lot of shit with this brand. We're pushing a lot of different GMs and gameplay and series and information and free assets and just so much stuff. And I'm getting ready to start pushing some Fallout and some Dune uh, through our partnership with Modifius, as well as some other things I'm working on I can't talk about yet, but just so, so much stuff going on. I would love your support. You know, give us a follow here on Twitch. Give us a subscribe over on YouTube. Uh, join the Discord server. Uh, let's see. Uh, and technically, the media can record the C-SWAT operations for later debriefing. Exactly. Yeah, see, there's another a little solo multi-classing thing with media. Yeah, it, a solo multi-class fits in uh, with any other role, and you can make it fit in with C-SWAT in fun ways. I think that's a really creative thing to do, and I'm using that media ride-along that PWB mentioned. That's too funny not to use in a stream. So I'm going to do that somewhere, sometime. It's going to happen. Um, yeah, I think we killed it, man. Uh, thanks so much for joining me, and uh, thanks, everybody, for tuning in. And uh, we'll see you next time. Take care. Cyberpunk and Sensor.